Welcome to Beyond the Benediction. This podcast is created for the exploration of the Bible, the examination of the church, and the expectation of the Christian life. We will cover topics that will both challenge and encourage you and help us to live lives dedicated to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here's your host, Kevin Toomer. Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Benediction. So glad to have you with me. For those who have been listening to me for quite a while, I thank you for listening and thank you for being consistent. And if this is your first episode, welcome, welcome, welcome. This week's episode, what's good? Doing good God's way. Now, when we hear the word good, I think all of us would like to believe that we're good people at heart, that in essence, We're good people. We try to do the right things and we try to live good lives. But for those who have been listening to me for quite a while, you already know that you can listen to my podcast previous episode when I talk about the obstacles to salvation. And one of those obstacles is the belief that we're good people. So if you get a chance, listen to that episode. You can first understand that even though we like to think so, we're not good people. None of us, including yours truly. That being said, Even though we're not good people, we are capable of doing good. Because even though we are flawed and we are sinners and we all make mistakes and we have sinful proclivities and sinful inclinations, God can still and does still choose to use us to do his work, to do his will, and to do good things. There's a scripture, one of my favorite scriptures in in Ephesians, when it says that we are God's handiwork creating Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. So think about that. When God created us, he knew we would be flawed. He knew we would be sinful. He knew we would fall short and stray from his will. But he still created us with good works in mind. So even though our behavior may not be consistent with the way God wants us to, that shows you how wonderful he is, that his goodness can still shine through flawed vessels like you or not. And we should also keep in mind when we're talking about good or talking about goodness, that it's not a case of us trying to do good so God can be good to us. Because if we're really honest, a lot of people, they have that kind of relationship with God. It's almost tantamount to a business arrangement that if I do certain things, if I behave a certain way, if I quote unquote do good, then I should expect God to do something for me. Well, we have it all wrong. If That's our philosophy. That's our perspective, because our goodness should be done with appreciation and not from expectation, because God has already done so much for us and continues to do so much for us that we can never pay him back. We can never be good enough, first of all, to perform up to his standard because his standard is perfection. But not only that, because he's so generous and so loving and so merciful and gracious that there's nothing we can do to match what his goodness is for us. So for the rest of our lives, we owe him everything. So our goodness should be for two reasons. One, just out of sheer appreciation for him, but also because we want to do his will and we want to see others succeed. We want to see others prosperous and healthy and whole and happy. So the love of Christ is shown in us and how we treat people. The scripture says they will know you're my disciples if you love one another. So the way we treat each other is indicative 
of whether we're doing good. And while we can do things that are good, goodness, God's way, is not just an act. It's a demeanor, it's a mindset, and it's a lifestyle. We should try to have a lifestyle of goodness and doing so God's way and trying to live in a way that pleases others and that God will also be pleased with it. So we're going to talk briefly this week about some of the identifiers of whether we're doing good God's way. The first thing we should consider when we're doing good God's way is that the world does not determine the standard for good. Now, it would seem to be easy because obviously, if we're going to do something God's way, the world is not the roadmap. The world does not provide us directions or instructions on what is good. Now, that's something that we all struggle with at some point because the things that are good in the world are typically positive. They're typically something that makes us feel good and makes others feel good. So in essence, you say, well, why can't that be considered good? Well, Again, the standard of what good is is not determined by us. God sets the standard for what's good because you can do something and it may feel good to you and it may be good to someone else, but it may not be good for them and it may not line up with scripture. Speaking of scripture, let me give you one right here. First John chapter two, verse 16, it says, for the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. Now, those who have been Christians for quite some time, you probably know that scripture in a different form or a different version when it just talks about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and pride of life. This version just breaks it down a little bit simpler. But you see here, the world does not offer things that God says are good. The things that the world offers, as the scripture says, Craving for physical pleasure. Now, you might say, well, Kevin, what's wrong with physical pleasure? What's wrong with craving the things we see? God made the world. He made everything in it. And what's wrong with being proud of the things that I'm able to accomplish? I got I got my degree. I finished school. I, I made this uh, tremendous goal and I accomplished this goal. What's wrong with that? The problem is typically in these cases, these things may seem good, but they actually take away from God. Something can be good inherently or, or on its own merit. But what happens is we turn it to something else because we give it so much power over our lives that it becomes an idol. That wanting to please your flesh becomes more important than pleasing God. Wanting everything you see becomes more important than seeking God's face. Taking pride in your accomplishments takes precedence over taking pride over God's creation. So you see the difference? That the things that the world says are good are always going to be fleeting. But the things that God says are good are always going to be permanent. And they're going to have not just a permanence, but they're going to also have a penetration. They're going to penetrate your heart, your soul, your spirit. You can tell when something is for God and you're doing good for God, rather, because your heart and your mind and your spirit will all be in agreement. But something that's done that's not God's good, that's not meeting God's standard, there will always be some sort of argument or some sort of disarray between your heart, your mind, and your spirit. One of those three is going to be in contention. Whenever we're doing goodness God's way, 
in unison, our body will be in harmony with the decision and we'll be in harmony with the role we're taking. But whenever we're doing something that seems good based on the world standards and is not good by God's standards, there will be disagreement internally. So that's another litmus for us to know if what we're doing is good according to God's standard. One more scripture. and We'll move on to the next point. Romans chapter 12, verse two. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is the good, here's that word, well-pleasing and perfect will of God. So this is one of the most famous scriptures in the Bible. But look at what it says. If we're transformed, that means we're changed, right? We all know what transform means. Renewing of our minds, that means our minds are made to have a different perspective. Then we may prove or see the well-pleasing and perfect will of God. So now, if the world determined the standard for good, why does God want us to transform and renew our minds? Why does he always say to not be conformed to the world? There are many scriptures in the Bible where God makes it clear that we're in the world, but not of the world, that God is taking us out of the world. The word, the word church even means called out from the world. So the world is not something, again, we should be looking to for guidance. And the scripture here in Romans says that we have to have our minds renewed so we know what the good and perfect will of God. And ultimately, the will of God is to do his will. and His will always includes other people. So in order to us to, for us to know the goodness of God and what God expects us to do and how we can do good God's way, we have to understand that we should never look to the world to determine the standard or, or to be a barometer for what is good. Because if we're really honest, there's a lot of things that the world says is good. That the world is accepting that even the world says is legal, but in God's sight, it is illegal. So we have to make sure we understand as Christians that ultimately our allegiance and our affiliation and our obedience goes to the word of God and not to the world. The second thing we need to understand about wanting to do good God's way is that you and I won't always want to do good. That's an interesting thought, but it's true. <laughs> All of us have done some things that we shouldn't do to someone. Now, in your mind, you might feel like it was justified because maybe that person wronged you first. But even if the person didn't wrong you, you felt like you had to do it because you wanted to get revenge. And be honest, it felt good when you did it. So you didn't want to do the right thing. You wanted to do something bad to them. And in the same way, we don't always want to do good because if we're really honest, sometimes, a lot of times rather, <laughs> we like to determine who deserves goodness. We like to determine whether someone is qualified to receive our goodness. But this is the kicker. Our goodness to people should not be connected to how we feel about them. Because if we would try to apply that same rule to how God feels about us, have we not disappointed God? Have we not let God down? Have we not ran and strayed from God? And there were moments where he's been angry with us. He is long suffering. He is patient. But there are times when he's still angry with us. But that doesn't mean he stopped doing good to us, even though he was angry with us. Let me give you a scripture. Luke chapter six, starting at verse 32. And this is Jesus talking. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? 
Even sinners love those who love them. Look at Jesus. Wow, he's such a straight shooter. (laughs) And if you do only good to those who are good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners lend to others, sinners for a full return. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be great, and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High. For he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate as your father is compassionate. Wow. Four verses and a lot to unpack. But look at the word choices that Jesus is saying. He's saying that if we only do good to those who are good to us, that sinners do that. Wow. That's a powerful way to call it because the Bible makes it clear that sinners will not inherit the kingdom of God. So that's powerful. It says if you only lend money to those who repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that. So Jesus is saying here that we're called to do good to people who may not be what we consider to be good people. But God does good to us and we're not good people either. So it's the same standard that God applies to us. He expects us to apply to others. But it says here, do good to them. Love your enemies. Lend without expecting to be repaid. And that's a tight subject for someone that's listening, because someone right now who's listening to me is on the outs with someone right now because of the debt. Someone owes you a sum of money. They have never paid you back and you are not speaking to that person. Or you may be on the other side. Maybe you're avoiding someone because you owe that debt. And you realize you can't pay or you, if you're really honest, you don't want to repay it. So now you and that person are on the outs. But look at what Jesus is saying here. That he wants us to love our enemies, do good to them. And it says, if we do this, we'll be acting as children of the Most High. So doing good, especially in times when we don't feel like it, is a true identifier that you belong to Christ. I've spoken about this a number of times on a bunch of episodes, that being a Christian is not always going to have the warm and fuzzies. Being a Christian is not going to always be filled with mountaintop and high experiences. You're going to spend a lot of time in the proverbial valley. You're going to get your hands dirty. You're going to get scarred. You're going to have bruises. You're going to get bumps. You're going to get rejected. You're going to get let down. You're going to get turned down. These are things that a Christian should expect. But what makes a Christian a real Christian when the rubber meets the road is through the scars and through the bumps and through the bruises that their love and their goodness still shines. Now, this is the part that's so awesome. You and I cannot do that unaided. It is impossible for you and I to love people and to do this thing that Jesus is saying in this Luke passage outside of him. The good thing is he said in his word, he would never leave us nor forsake us. Now, when we say that scripture, typically we look at it in terms of when we're going through a rough time that God said he would never leave us nor forsake us, which is true. When we're going through a rough time, when things are hard, he's right there with us. But we need to also apply that same scripture to when it comes to doing the will of God when we don't want to do it, when we don't feel like doing it. When we're tired, when we're frustrated, when we're hurt, when we're depressed, when we're disappointed, all those things don't preclude us from still 
doing the goodness that God wants to show to others his way. Look at what the scripture says. It says he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. And guess what? In the span of a 24-hour day, at some point, you and I are unthankful and you and I are wicked. And he's still good to us. And if God is still good to us, we have to be reflections of God's love and be good to others. You and I don't determine who receives God's love. You and I should be reflections of God's love. Because if we were going to determine whether someone else should deserve God's love, then we should be the first in the line to not receive God's love. Because the same standard we're holding people to, we've offended God a lot worse. We've gone against God a lot harsher than a person could ever offend us. One more scripture. We'll move on to the last point. Galatians 6, 9 and 10. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. What a powerful scripture. So now look at what Paul is saying in this Galatians passage. The fact that he says, do not become weary, means two things. One, it's going to be hard to do good. You and I are going to be put in situations where it's going to be tiring, it's going to be frustrating, as I said. But not only is it going to be hard to do good, but like I said in this point, you're not going to feel like being good. Sometimes you're going to be hurt. Sometimes you're going to be frustrated. And the last thing you want to do is be good to someone else. You're going to be asking God, when is someone going to be good to me? And But you still want me to show goodness to others? But that's the call of the Christian. And look at what it says. At the proper time, if we're not weary, we will reap a harvest. Now, I like that phrase, and I think it has two meanings. One, obviously, a lot of people, when they read that scripture, they're thinking that God's going to bless us. We're going to reap a harvest of blessings. And I'm, I don't want to say that's not true. I believe there is some truth to that. But this is what I think it means. I think it means that when we're talking about reaping a harvest, we're reaping a harvest for the kingdom, not necessarily for ourselves. Because what's the point of doing God's work? The point of doing good to other people is to bring other people to God. It's to bring people to the kingdom, to bring people to the fold. Because there's going to be some people who will come to Christ based on the goodness that you and I show them. So the harvest that this scripture is talking about could be a blessing from God. But I believe the harvest is really speaking to a harvest of souls that have come to Christ because of the goodness that you and I show them. Because people can tell sometimes that when you're having a hard time, but they can also tell that your goodness is still showing despite the hard time you're going through. So even though we don't always want to do good, God still requires us to do good. And doing good God's way means that sometimes you and I are going to be asked to do good even though we don't want to do it. Last point for this uh, particular episode. When we're trying to do good God's way, we have to remember that God gets the glory when we do good. That again, I said this in the beginning of the episode, we're not doing this to get on God's good side. We're not doing this so we can build up our case. So now when we go before him in prayer, okay, Lord, 
I did this. I was good here. I was good yesterday. I was good last week. I was good last month. I was good two days ago. So now I stacked up all this goodness. So now it's my turn to receive something good from you. Ultimately, what we do for God is for his glory because we're not good. So if we're not good. The goodness we do isn't coming from us anyway. It's coming from the fact that God has chosen broken, sinful vessels like you and I to do his work. But ultimately, the glory should come to him. And then the reason how you know that the good you're doing is you're doing it God's way is the person is not going to necessarily just thank you. The person is going to acknowledge and see that it's God's hand using you in that endeavor. Here's a scripture. Matthew chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. It says, Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Great scripture. God has given all of us gifts and talents. Now, that same goodness that God has put into us, we should let shine before others. But it's not so people can say, man, Kevin's a good guy or so-and-so is a good woman or so-and-so is a good person. It's so they can say, man, look at God's glory shining through Kevin. Look at God's glory shining through that person. Look at how God is moving so they can acknowledge God through the good deeds. So that's why God gets the glory. If we're going to do good, it's always going to be selfless. We're always putting the onus on trying to be good to someone else. And we're always trying to do good so God can get the glory. So it's never about us from a personal perspective. That's how we can do good God's way because God gets the glory. One more scripture. First Peter chapter two and verse 12. It says, be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. So that's another point here that you and I are called to be good, even in places where people don't agree, even in places where people don't have your same perspective. But ultimately, when it comes to the end, when God judges the world, they will give honor to God for still using them. Because remember, I talked about this in the previous episode about free will. That God uses Christians. God uses you and I to get his word out to the world. Now, once we do our part, even in the face of dysfunction, in a place of rejection, in a place of ridicule, even though these things happen to us, ultimately, when it comes to, to the end, when it comes to judgment, God's going to get the glory because they will be without excuse. When they stand before God in judgment, they're going to say, well, I sent this particular person to you. I sent Kevin to have a podcast called Beyond the Benediction. <laughs> I sent this person to give you that gospel track. I sent that person to read the scriptures to you. I sent that person to evangelize or to lead you to me and of your own volition. You chose to either accept me or not, but they're not going to give you and I credit. They're going to give, as it says in scripture here, honor to God when he judges the world that he chose to use you and I to show his love to others. Again, at the end of it all, every 24 hours we have is an opportunity 
for us to show and reflect the love, the grace, and the mercy of God. We are all blessed every time we open our eyes that God has not only given us life, but he uses our life to show that he is the source of life to the world. Every time I get a chance to do one of these episodes, I am so blessed and thankful. And I know I say it a lot because I am far from perfect. I am such a sinner like everyone else. But God has thought enough of me to use me to speak his word. And I'm so thankful. I take this so seriously. I enjoy it thoroughly. But I'm also blessed to do this. And you and I are on the same team. You may not have a podcast, or maybe you do, but you have a platform. You have people that are in your sphere of influence. You have people around you that you are still required to show the goodness. Because the goodness of God that you show to them is an invitation to God to a lot of people. So you and I were invited to the party, so to speak, despite how unfaithful we were. So who are you and I to decline someone else's invitation? to that same party, that party being salvation, that party being eternal life with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So in summation, to wrap this week's episode up, if we're going to do good God's way, we have to understand that the world does not determine the standard for good, that you and I will always want to or feel like doing good. But ultimately, God gets the glory for when we do good. So What's good is to do God's will, to do it his way, and to do it using his strength and his power. The only good we'll ever do is the good that he gives us to do, and he chooses us and uses us to do it. All right, that's all I have for this week's episode. I thank you so much for listening. And as always, make sure your light shines brightest for the Lord Jesus Christ beyond the benediction.